Great. Um, I think I'm on here. If I... Yep, I'm on. Is it working? Okay. Um, once you turn to Malachi chapter 4, this is a much used little passage, but I just wanted, felt like I, I wanted to go this direction today. Of course, the Cummings uh, just had the home going of uh, Brother Dave, a father, husband, uh, just a, an incredible example of what a father ought to be. At this moment, uh, when we finish up service today, I'll be going to the hospital again. Uh, my dad's been there about a week and a half, maybe a little over. And different background, um, truthfully, most of my dad's years really not in church much. I went into the Lord in, in uh, 1982, and, um, and so, but my dad has uh, been a great example of a father to me, uh, character, integrity work ethic, just amazing. So I, I, um, I'll be honest with you, uh, just really struggled to, to focus the, recently. But, but as I always do, I'll go to, I'll just pray and say, Lord, what verse, where you want me to go? And this verse, just, as I was praying, when I walking and praying, it just kept on my mind, kept on my mind, and I said, okay, I mean, that's, that's where I'm going to go. I've, I've gone here before, but I'm going to go again. In Malachi chapter 4, verse 5, if you look at it, it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Father, I pray that you bless this morning. Holy Spirit of God, please guide my mind, my thoughts. And Dear Jesus, I yield myself to thee and to thy spirit. And Holy Spirit of God, fill me with your presence. Anoint me and guide me. Help me to say only what would be a help and a benefit to someone. And I yield myself to thee once again. Please, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, that's such a very important verse, and a and very important verse for the time in which we live because, honestly, we're seeing the, the fruition of not this verse of a, being turned. We're seeing a nation that needs this verse preached to us. We're seeing a world where the heart of the fathers has turned away from the children, and the heart of the children has turned away from the fathers. You know, the, um, the amazing crowd that was here yesterday and flooded in all morning long and, and came through, I said to somebody this morning, I, I looked at it and I said, you know, this is the difference between an 80-year-old man who has lived his life for himself and an 80-year-old man who lived his life for others. 
because you get to about 80 years old, and, and my dad has said one time uh, several years ago, he said, son, everybody I know is dead. And you get to 80 years old, and, and you have, honestly, it's usually a small, small crowd that is going to come because so few people really know you. But this place was, was packed. And it uh, would have been more packed, but some people couldn't stay, of course, came to the visitation and, and left. But, but uh, it was an example of a man who gave his life for others, gave his life to influence others. You know what it was? A man who gave his heart to others and gave his heart to his children. Just I'm going to just make these statements this morning, and hopefully, uh, I really, <clears throat> those that are here regular with me, you know that I, I use humor uh, a fair amount. I, I really never plan it. It just seems to happen. I'm not sure where it comes from, but it just happens. But I'm also a man that, that um, I even pray and ask God. I said, Lord, I, I've got to stop being so emotional. I really do. You know, I mean... I, I hurt for people. I, I love people and deeply, and, and I hurt for their hurt. But just these statements I want to make to, to the, the daddies here. We've, we've got some that are, well, quite a few really, that got young children, and, and you've got a great future ahead of you with those children but I'm going to make some statements, especially to the young parents and to those that are still rearing children at home and, and, and understand that we as grandparents, and again, we saw uh, with Brother Cummings and his grandson, Joel, how much influence he had in Joel's life. So we have a great influence, and, and uh, I have a great opportunity for influence with grandchildren. We've got number 23 and 24 due this year. At least that's what we know about. So... But number one, you are your daughter's daddy. You are your daughter's first love and your son's first hero. And I want you to understand this. And as they see you, they see God. What they see in you, that's what they grow up in their early years believing God to be. You are more powerful in your children's lives than you may think or realize. I want you to understand that. You are more powerful in your children's lives than you may think or realize. The scripture says your, uh, your heart the, uh, of a dad, the heart of the dad must be turned to the children if we're to keep the earth from being cursed. And, and honestly, we seem to be in, in the midst of a curse right now, the way in which our society is acting toward each other and the way people are uh, treating each other. I, I believe our land, our nation, our world even, is, is, it's under a curse right now. I believe if we will do what God says and turn the heart of the fathers back to the children and the heart of the children back to the fathers, that that curse can be lifted from our land. And there's reasons behind it. I won't go uh, into it, totally, but, but the, it's so very important uh, that we don't bring the curse of disrespect into our land that we bring the cur- that we bring the promise of respect into our land. Our earth is cursed today because the heart of the fathers is turned away from their children. The heart of the fathers 
here in America, even good people uh, in, 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 in our churches, the heart of the fathers has turned to careers, turned to pleasure. Forgive me, and, and we see this all over uh, America. It's turned to defeatism and turned to escape. There's a lot of, of fathers who have fathered children that are just giving up and walking out the door. Men have left the home, and if not physically, they've left the home effectively and emotionally. You say some have not left, but they, they're, they're not involved in the home. They're not involved in the decisions. They don't want a conflict anymore, and they just allow things to go as they're going. And I would just challenge you, this, this cannot be if we're going to turn the heart of the fathers back to the children, the heart of the children back to the fathers. If we're going to lift the curse that's on our land, we've got to be involved in the lives of our children. Actively involved in the lives of our children. And listen, that doesn't mean that makes them happy all the time. This is not a party. This is training. Our children must feel valuable to us. And if they do, they will also feel valuable to God. Please understand this. The way, Daddy, the way they see you Uh, They see God, and if they feel valuable to you, let me just help you. Those little guys feel valuable to God. They do not feel valuable. They do not feel valuable when your heart is not toward them. If your heart is on the game, on the hobby, on the phone, on the computer continuously, then they do not sense your heart is toward them. And folks, please, and daddies, please, we've got to stop being consumed with technology. I know a lot of daddies right now that you, you were born with technology and you've really come into that and you really understand it. Uh, but I'm going to beg you, get away from it when you get around your children. They got to know your focus is on them. When it gets to the point that they're grabbing your face and pulling it to you, You've got to give them that attention or they won't feel valuable. I thought about this. You know, they talk about safe zones. You know, we ought to have safe zones for our children. You know what that is? The dinner table ought to be a safe zone from the phone, from text, from Facebook, from Twitter, from whatever. The dinner table ought to be a, hey, you ought to have the dinner table. We ought to have dinner together again. I was talking to my daddy in the hospital. It hadn't been a whole lot of times where he's been so he has enough strength and energy to talk, but talking about growing up. And, and, and you know, me and my brother talking about, we, we didn't realize how rich we were. We didn't have an indoor bathroom, but we were rich. And let me just help you. When we got one, we didn't use it. So there's four boys out there. We don't going to waste time going in there. Now, the fact is, though, we were rich. And you know what? I, and I said to him, I said, man, I never imagined how rich we were. But, but, but six days a week, we sat down to supper with a pile of meat in front of us. And it was a war when it got put down there, buddy. But, <laughs> but it was a pile there. It was like an all-you-can-eat buffet because we lived on the farm. And I told my daddy, I said, daddy, I knew that... Every time I, we had two freezers and one of them got half empty, something on the farm got nervous. Because he loved to have those freezers full of meat. 
full of food. And, and, but man, we ate. We didn't have money. We didn't have things. We didn't have toys. We didn't have all the technology. No, we didn't have that. I, we did. When I was a teenager, we got, what is that, Pong? That's what it was. Ping pong. Why we even sat there and did it? It was the most stupid thing in the world. But we, listen, we didn't, we didn't have all of that stuff, but boy, we were rich. And, and it brought me, as we were talking, I said, you know, it brought me to the dinner table because we were together all the time. We sat down every evening at the dinner table together. And you say, why would you say six days a week? Because one day a week, we were going to have a vegetable dinner. And I was going to go hungry because I, I wasn't much for a vegetable eater. But one day a week, we were going to have an all-vegetable, no-meat dinner. I'm not sure why we did that, but that's what we did. But let's see, when you sit down there, every story that I remember my daddy telling, I remember sitting at the, at the dinner table, him telling those stories. That's where I remember. And, you know, we've lost that because we've got technology can I beg you, shut it off and sit down with your kids. Amen. Sit down with them. There ought to be safe zones. Time together at night before bed should be a safe zone from the TV. Just, you know, the same button that turns it on turns it off. Did you know that? It really does. You push the same button, turns it on. And look, you're in that generation. You don't even have to get up and walk over to it and do it. And y'all don't even understand it. It's like talking about an album. You don't even understand that. But we used to, watch this, we got our exercise walking over to it and turning the channel. Of course, we only had three, so it didn't take long. So, Forgive me, man, but, but God did not give your children to you so you could leave them to your wife to rear. Amen. He didn't leave you children, give you the children so that the school could rear them. He didn't leave you children so that the church could rear them. Amen. He gave you the children so that you could. He said, is my wife not involved? Of course she's involved. You're together on everything. But I'm saying too many times we have left it to our wives to do it. Well, that, okay, the children are theirs, and they'll take care of them. They're really, no, that's not what it is. We've got to be involved in it. Amen. I'll say again, you are more powerful than you think you are. You're so important to your children's lives. You more than anyone else set the course of your child's life. Daddy, listen to me. More than anyone else, you set the course for your child's life. Now, I'm going to do just a little tiny bit of a sidestep here, and I'm going to talk to moms just for a second. But moms, you are the bridge builder between dad and the child. Listen, daddies are not always great conversationalists. Okay, we are not always the great communicators. Do you understand that? And that means, Mama, you've sometimes got to translate what Daddy just said. Okay, you've even got to translate his expression. You know what? Because the child will think, Daddy's mad at me, 
and mama can explain to them, no, daddy's not mad at you. Daddy's upset because you got hurt. Any, any daddy here, you've ever acted angry when your child got hurt? Yeah, because we're supposed to protect them. Because it's not supposed to happen. Because we don't want them to get hurt. So, so the first thing, we're just like, they fall, they get hurt, they get messed up. We're like, ha! And the kid's like, ha! Mama, you got to explain that is not daddy's upset at you. That's daddy's intense love for you. And he's frustrated. He's upset that you're hurt. And he's, because he's supposed to keep it from happening. You got to, you, mama, you got to be there. And you got to build your, your husband in the eyes of their children. Especially daughters. Mom, you hold the power to connect or separate the relationship. So even though God does not directly say it here, I believe this demands that we have the right relationship also with our wives, fellas. She also must feel valuable, trusted by you. You will need her, uh, need her to believe in you, for you desperately need her to to believe, you need to believe in her and need her to believe in you so that she can teach her children to believe in you. For whatever extent she believes in you, to that extent your children will believe in you. And I believe this with all my heart. My girls, they know that, that I, I'm a human being. They know that I have a lot of, uh, of frailties and weaknesses in my life. But I believe with all my heart they believe in me. But I believe that came from a mama that from the time they were old enough to, to, to comprehend, she taught them by her own life, by her belief in me, she taught them to believe in me. I believe my girls believe in me largely because they were programmed to from birth by their mother to believe in me. And honestly, and also I believe I worked really hard to be the kind of man they could believe in. The next statement I want to make to the fathers is your children need a hero. Your children need a hero. You are or should be that hero. And every dad was, listen to this now, every dad was their hero at one time until someone led them away from that belief. Every person, every man in here that's a father, let me just tell you, at the beginning, you say, well, my child, I'm not their hero anymore. Can I tell you, you were until someone led them away. You were. At the very beginning, you were their hero. You were the, the man they looked to. You were their hero. You are how they see and understand God. I'm going to keep repeating it. But, and so you need to be their hero, and you need to be the one leading them to see God, the characteristics and the, and the, and the life of God. You need, to, you need to be the one doing that. They don't need to have LeBron as their hero. They need to have you as their hero. In the early years, you're, you're their hero simply because you're their dad. 
But you need to work to keep their heart, and, and you do this by keeping your heart toward theirs. And, and, and look, in the early years, it's e- honestly, it's easy because they already look to you that way. They already look to you like uh, as their hero. And Now, I want... I'm so so much. Want you to understand this. So often I see this. Uh, we think that when they're young years, okay, this is the time. It doesn't matter uh, how much I'm around, and it really doesn't matter uh, how you know involved I am because I, I've got to I got to build things for them, and I got to get things for them, and I got to provide for them. So it doesn't matter. But I, I beg you to understand: the early years are absolutely vital in what they think of you. Work to keep their heart, and you do this by keeping your heart toward theirs. And, and listen, just a, a little thing. This is not uh, uh, real spiritual, I suppose, but, but, but I believe this is real important. You know, I'm not, I'm not a GQ guy, but I, but I believe this. I believe that you ought to, uh, Daddy, you ought to learn to dress sharp and look sharp and act sharp and try to keep yourself in condition for your kids. Watch this. You know why? Because they, they start to grow. And as they grow, they have something called peer pressure. And you know, it's something very important that when you walk up to their friends, that they're proud. Now, they, watch this now. They may love you and be embarrassed of you at the same time. It's very important that we try to, we try to bring to them and, and be to them somebody that they say. I, I had this, this song, and Heather's here, and so it, it just uh, uh, reminds me of it. But when she was in junior high school, I think it was seventh grade, I came over to it. They were having a, a junior high baseball game, and, and, uh, and I, so my kids would be out there, and I tried to get out there as much as I could around them because I, uh, you know, because I was concerned about who they're hanging around with. But anyway, they, uh, but I, I tried to get out there. And, and so I came, uh, got out of the car, and I started walking down the, the, the field, just to the left field line. And I was walking down, kind of watching the boys out there. And, and, and somebody said something to me. And all of a sudden, I heard this uh, aluminum bat. Thing! And I, man, I looked out there at the field. I thought somebody knocked one over the fence. That's incredible. And I was looking all around, and I couldn't see anything. And then I heard screaming over here. And, and, and I looked back at the bleachers, and there's people all gathered around. And I, and I walked on over there, and it's, it's Heather. She's laid out on the ground. And I thought, what, what, what happened? What happened? And somebody told me. She said, they said, when, when Heather saw you, she jumped off the bleachers to run to you, and she ran right in front of a boy warming up with a bat. Caught her right here in the head. Thank God she's got to hook her head because <laughs> it's made of stone, brother. It laid her out. But you know, I was a proud daddy that as I came up around all her friends, all her peers, seventh grade, and that's, look, that's a peer pressure time. I was thrilled that she wanted to, she wanted to come to daddy in front of everybody. That's important. Very important. I wish it never happened. She, she thinks kind of slow these days. But. That's why she forgot it was church time. (laughs) To have your heart toward them means that from the beginning in the early years, 
they have your heart. If you have their heart in the early years, and you will, and you will if you keep your heart toward them in the early years, you will keep their heart in the later years also. It's very hard to get their heart, and please understand this and believe me this when I say this, it's very hard to, be a, to lose their heart or not have their heart, and then suddenly at 10, 11, 12 years old, you try to get their heart. Doesn't work that way. Oh, it can happen, and you can really work real, real hard to make it happen, but no, the best thing is, is to get them and keep them. And you get their heart by giving your heart to them. In the early years, uh, when, I, when I look at uh, one through seven, you think one year? Yeah, one, one year. Uh, and even before that, really everything up from birth all the way through seven, you're laying foundations. You're laying foundation for who God is. You're laying a foundation for the love for God and for family. You're laying a foundation even for their future marriage relationship. You're laying a foundation for submission. You're laying a foundation for physical appearance. You're laying a foundation for personality and spirit. Uh, you're laying a foundation for truth. Malachi 4.4, the verse that came before the ones that we just read says this. It says, Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all, for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. He says that. He says, Remember the law. And then he says, Need to turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to the fathers. You know what? It's very, very important that we, 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 when we're given our heart, it's not just love. And some in translations even make it out like, oh, Joe, just, you need to show love to your children. Show, no, that's, that's garbage. That's not, that's not it. It's not it. It's, it's your heart. It's your being. It's your life. And you know what that is? That's training them in truth. That's giving them a foundation in Scripture. That's giving them a foundation in the truth of the Word of God. That's giving them a foundation in the principles of how to live. Amen. It's so much more than just love. Of course you love them. Yeah, you love them. You could love them and never be around them. You say, really? Yeah, you, it, yeah because we think love is just a, an emotion. But God says it's much more than that. I need your heart, Amen. your being. And the most important foundation is a foundation in Jesus Christ. A foundation in Jesus Christ. You know, my mom and daddy didn't know anything about salvation the way we know it. We grew up in a church, and they grew up in a ch church, and, and the family had been there since the early 1800s, and they gave the land. Our family gave the land to build the little church out there out in the country. And, and, but it was a church that you came to at 12 years old. You got baptized, and, and, uh, and now it. You're a member of the church, and so I guess you're good with God. And that's the way we grew up. And I thank God that November 8, 1975, I, I found the truth of the Word of God in, in a little Gideon's Bible at Memphis State, and I found out that salvation is by grace. It's not by my baptism. It's not by anything that... Good works, it's not my church member, it's not membership, it's none of that. It's about salvation of Jesus Christ and Him alone. 
I thank God that I found that, but I was 20 years old, and, 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 uh, and I thank God, God in His grace allowed me to take that truth back to my parents. But can I tell you, except for the fact that my dad, not knowing these scriptures, but my dad and my mom gave uh, their boys their heart. They had their heart turned to us. And you know what that did? That turned our heart to them. We wanted to please them. And you know what that did to me? The moment I got saved, I had an incredible desire to see my mom and daddy get saved. And I had the amazing privilege of leading them both to Christ. But you know what I love so much more? I love so much more rearing children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord that when they're very young and and just old enough to even understand what sin is and understand that Jesus died for them and shed his blood and was buried and rose from the grave, at that moment, they desire to know Jesus. I've looked at him so many times and And they have such dreams because they have such an opportunity. Such an opportunity to serve God and to accomplish things for God because they started a whole lot younger than I did. Started a whole lot younger than Mama did. They've got their whole lives And that's why it's so important. Daddies, you hold the salvation of your children in your hand. Because listen to me, why would they trust in a God if he doesn't have time for them? And as they see God, it's how they see you. Oh, I know he loves me, but he doesn't really care about me. But if we're going to be the right kind of daddy to show them who God really is, I get I give this and my time's up, but I... In 1996, and I'm not sure, Brother Ted, when you came to school, and I forgot to tell that Brother Ted's uh, leader of the, the Ghana team in, in Africa, and Brother Ted Spears is here, and he's going to be preaching for us tonight, and I'm sure tell us some about the work, and we support their ministry, and I'm thrilled to have him here, and, and I've tried to apologize to him seven times because I feel like I've not cared for them. It's just things have been kind of kind of unique, but... I don't know when you came to school, but 1996, I was in sort of the fast track. I was, uh, I was overseeing a, a, the, a lot of things at the, at the school and at the college, and I was doing a lot of things, and I ran the military ministry, and I was teaching a Sunday school class, an adult Sunday school class, and I was doing a lot of different things, and, and, and promotions, so to speak, were coming, and but I was going in at 6 o'clock in the morning, and I was coming back 6 or 7 o'clock at night. After about eight months of that, I came home one day, and Joe Beth said to me, she said, she said Rob, the Candace is cheering tonight in a junior high 
ball games. She said, you need to come see her. And I said, baby, I'm too tired. I'm just exhausted. And she said, well, if you don't come tonight, you won't see her at all. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, because this is her last game. And I realized that I'd never seen my daughter in her cheerleading outfit. I'd never seen her one time do one cheer. And it broke my heart. And I, I went that night, of course, and that very week, I went and I resigned my staff position. I continued. I didn't resign completely from because that's God had called me there, but I was a teacher along with everything else. And I said, uh, I went to my preacher and I said, I just want to teach. I don't want to do the rest of the staff duties. I'll teach and run the military ministry. I think Brother Ted, understand this, where I was, you, you didn't resign things, you took on things, and, and honestly, a lot of people didn't understand it, a lot of people didn't accept it. Thank God for my preacher that understood it, understood my heart, because I looked at him and I said to him, I got six little girls, and I got to see them turn out for God. And when I said that to him, he said, tell me what you need. And I told him exactly what I needed. And, and can I tell you, I stepped away from maybe potentially being promoted. I stepped away from maybe having a staff car and a house. And, and I stepped away from getting a, a pay increase. And I stepped away from those things. Truthfully, I took a decrease when I stepped away. So I didn't have a lot of things. But can I tell you what I got now? I got the heart of my children. And all those things that I could have had, they would have vanished away anyway. But the heart of my children are eternal. Father, I pray that you'd bless.